What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. This is Ethan. And that's Derry. <laughs> and this is LaCroix. We're drinking today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angry Water. The, the water snack. you want when you're on the highway. Yeah. To quell your anger. Yeah, well, to match your road rage. Um, today, we're going to be talking to you guys about something that's come up in the last little bit. Uh, there's a there's a podcast out there called Cultish. They're really good. I like those guys a lot. Mm. And they are exploring... Huge podcast. What's that? Huge podcast. Huge. It's huge. It's going to be huge. Yep. I walked into the huge. podcast and I saw the big podcast. I said, like, wow. wow. This is a big podcast. <laughs> Anyways, this Cultish podcast... As you can probably tell by their name, Explorers Cults, right? Talks about it, talks about tactics, and a lot of different things. Really helpful information. Amazing guys from Apologia Studios are recently doing a series on YWAM, Youth with a Mission, uh, the world's largest mission organization. Something that Darian and I have experience in. And, mm-hmm. and so we actually just wanted to talk about part one and part two of their series where they talk, they interviewed well, two. Well, part three is out yesterday. As, yesterday. As we're, as we're like. If people are listening to this episode right now. Okay, yeah. So we're recording on Monday. It comes out on tomorrow, Tuesday, yesterday, yeah. for you listening on Wednesday. Yep. So we haven't heard part three yet. Is that the one that... Yep. Okay. You want to yeah. talk about that for a bit? Yeah. So basically, Coltish started posting on their Instagram a while ago about YWAM. People have been hearing stories about YWAM for a long time and trying to see... Or more not trying to see, but more like airing their grievances about YWAM, I guess, for a mm-hmm. while. And it's mostly in more reformed, like, circles and stuff that this is happening. But definitely not exclusive to reformed circles. Um, and so, Cultish, I think, is a pretty good platform. Because they look into a lot of, like, stuff like this, yeah. I guess. And they're really well-researched and, like, really thoughtful, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just pretty good guys all around. And so... Um, we've been listening, I mean, at least I've been listening to them for a couple years, I think both of us have, maybe mm-hmm. two or three years, um, actually I don't know if they've been around that long, at least two years though. Yeah. Um, and so they decided to do an episode on YWAM because so many people were so interested in it, because YWAM's like the biggest missions organization in the world, and, you know, if there's reports coming out of it that are like a little wacky, like, you probably want to look into them and see if there's any validity to them. Right. So they started posting on their Instagram to see if people would be interested in it for a while, and there was a lot of attention, like the most attention, or some of the most attention they've gotten. Um, and so they yeah. decided to do episodes. Comments on. were crazy. Yeah, they were crazy. Um, and we were in a lot of those comments. Um, and so they decided to do an episode on it. And so the way they structured it is, and, and for everybody, it's like information. Like, this is a pretty big podcast. I don't know how many. They have like 30,000 followers. Yeah, they've got a lot of followers. Like, it's pretty big within the Christian community, especially within more like reformed Calvinist like circles. They're part of Apologia Studios. Um, those kind of guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they decided to do an episode on Y, or a few episodes on YWAM. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing four. They're doing, um, they've already released three of them. The first two are with two ex-YWAM students, or just YWAM well, students. Well, former students, yeah, alumni. Yeah, two alumni that went through DTS, graduated, um, and had bad experiences, or at least strange experiences. And they wanted yeah. to talk to... Like, the way that Cultish wanted to do it is they don't want to interview people who've left the faith, right? Right. They want to interview people who are still Christians and have a Christian perspective that can talk about what Wyoming was like for them to see if it was a cult or to see if there's any practices in it that need to be reformed. And then after that, they wanted to talk to someone who was currently in YWAM to get to the bottom of, like, what is it like now and get that perspective. So right. from the perspective of someone who's left it because they didn't like it, and from the perspective of someone who stayed because they did like it. So they had two different students on. Um, they were really cool, really liked those guys, a guy and a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was the person who was on the last two episodes of um, the podcast. So my, the first one I was on is out as of yesterday, and the second to last one, or the second and last one, will be out next Tuesday. Okay. Um, it was super interesting. So this episode, we're just going to go over a sort of a review of the first two episodes that are out so far, and sort of what we think about those things, what we think about how Colchis has like, done it so far, what we think about their objections, what we think about the students' objections, and if mm-hmm. we think YWAM's a cult, because we're a part of YWAM, and it's kind of our wheelhouse a little it's the bit. the best cult I ever joined. I mean... Me too. Great Kool-Aid. Yeah. We have a great anthem. We <laughs> great. say it all the time. Pledge of Allegiance to Lauren Cunningham. Yep. <laughs> we don't do that. We do that. <laughs> we definitely do that. Uh, not a chance. Uh, but yeah, before we start, though, I just want to give the groundwork, right? Because 
Um, one of the things that uh, one of the guys said on the podcast, one of the hosts said, you know, misery loves company. Basically saying, like, if you go out and bash... Did he say that? So- uh, he was not saying oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't yeah. saying it as, like, part of why I'm He's saying there's a lot of podcasts out there who take advantage of uh, drama. Yeah. And they'll just, like... like the, we like, do that. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's, sometimes there's cultural things that we we should comment on, right? Like, when John... If that Chris- was true, we'd be talking about the Will Smith thing. Yeah, I mean, we talked about talking about the Will Smith thing. <laughs> but what does it have to do with... In, in my feed today, there was... There was not one person I followed that didn't make a video. About every meme. Thing. Every meme. And I, I honestly saw that it happened last night, and I thought, I don't care. I saw it, and I thought, this is staged. This is I, definitely and immediately public. I thought it was staged. It was public. Yeah. And they're but like, I also didn't think it would be that big of a deal. Yeah, but he like, you see how passionate he was? And that's what they say. And I'm like, guys, he's they're actors. Yeah. They're paid to do this. Yeah. Anyways, personal opinion, staged, publicity stunt. Anyways, I don't know what the purpose would be for, <laughs> other than clout. But, Just the Oscars, getting but, ratings up. But yeah, so one of the hosts said, you know, Misery Loves Company, talking about a lot of podcasts will take advantage of cultural situations to get traction. Um, and that's not what we want to do in this show. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to lay the groundwork and acknowledge that cultish, they're Christians, they're our brothers in Christ, they're mm-hmm. really well-educated, and I, I pray, I say a lot wiser and smarter than, like, myself, you know. They have been in ministry a lot longer, they have a lot more life experience than us. So I don't want to just come out here and be like, these guys are wrong about YWAM and they did such a bad job. They didn't. They did a really thoughtful mm-hmm. uh, couple po- couple episodes. Excited to listen to the one that will come out with Derry in the next two. Um, but yeah, so they're Christian. We affirm like that there are brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. We don't want to bash them. Um, and this is yeah, not a dig at cultish at all. Just um, open response to the episodes that they had. Yeah, absolutely. And from my perspective, they're awesome guys. Like great. I disagree with probably like half of the like main things that we talked about, um, just because they're reformed and I'm not reformed. So we're gonna disagree on how to do ministry, probably how to worship, um, our view of who God is, and how we should worship Him. I already said that, but we're gonna disagree on a lot of things, especially yeah. a lot of practical things. And that's fine. I still think we're brothers and sisters in Christ, um, and I still think we could do ministry together, even though it might be a little more limited than um, some of the other denominations that I could do ministry with, right? Uh, but I think that the way they did it was really good because when they do topical episodes on, um, and they have, like, uh, guests on, they almost don't give a lot of their opinion at all. They just let the guests talk almost all the whole time, and they ask, mm-hmm. like, steering questions. Yeah. And so for the first two episodes they did, they just had the two students on, and they just asked steering questions that they wanted to steer the conversation in the direction of, right? right. And they did the same thing with me. So they asked almost the same questions that they asked those students. I mean, you'll hear on the next couple episodes. And I just answered them, like, to my best ability. And the students that were on before, I answered them to their best ability. And yeah. they, they didn't try to, like, slant the conversation towards, like, a certain view of, like, you have to think it's a cult or you don't have to think it's a cult. Right. But they sort of just ask good questions and let people figure it out for themselves, which I thought was honorable. Yeah, yeah for sure. So let's talk about some of the things that they talked about. I have four things that I noticed that I picked up on in the mm. two episodes that I probably want to address. But yeah, what did you what did you want to address first? Yeah, um, I think the first thing that I want to address is within the structure of the podcast itself. I did really like it. I did like the questions, but I thought it could have been better addressed of whether or not Wyoming is a cult. Because in my opinion, none of the questions and none of the answers were anything about why I'm being a cult right. that I was asked or that they were asked. And I understand that some of them, if answered the right way, could lead to why I'm being a cult. But, like, right off the bat, like, we talked about mm-hmm. what is a cult, really. At least in my episode, you'll hear, um, or you've already heard if you've listened to it. We talked about is why I'm a cult. And um, we talked about what is, like, the definition of a cult immediately. And the way I described it was, you know, an organization that deifies Christ. That's, like, the beginning of almost every Christian cult, right? Usually centered on one person, but... Deifies what you mean human makes... Like, deifies, like... Sorry, undeifies Christ, undeifies. right? So, so it takes away the divinity of Christ. Um, and, obviously, Bible doesn't do that. None of our teachings do that. Our foundational values directly don't do that. They do the opposite of that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, boom. Ten, se- ten minutes in, Bible's not a cult, mm-hmm. right? At least by those standards. And mm-hmm. so, after that, we get more up to the bottom of, like... What are certain things you may not like about it? Or differences and stuff like that? Which are good and we should talk about. And I think, like, are very beneficial to talk about. But mm-hmm. I think it would have been better if we defined, like, that part of the conversation is over. Like, 
YWAM now is completely not a cult. Now we can talk about denominationally, where do we differ and what don't we like about each other and what do we think needs to change or be reformed, but we're not talking about is why I'm a cult anymore. And that was over pretty fast. Right. Especially in, in the first episodes with the students. Like, there was nothing presented where they thought why was a cult. The students said they didn't think why was a cult. They just said they didn't like some of their practices. They thought they were so, they were, we were so Christian. Yeah, they had some, stuff. yeah, they had weird experiences. Yeah. Right? And that's some of the things I wrote down, but nothing was concerning like, oh my gosh, you gotta stay away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. it was like, oh, it sounds like a more charismatic camp you want to. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, some of the things that we'll get into in a bit, Derry and I were like listening to the episode and we like, we're thinking, man, this just kind of tells me that this leader did a good thing here. Yeah. Like, this sounds like wise counsel right now. Yeah. They would give like a reason for um, like some like weird thing that happened to them. I'd be like, oh, that's just good discipleship. Yeah. Or one thing they said was like, one of the guys, one of the problems he had is he's like, you know, I would just became a Christian right before my DTS and what yeah. I didn't need was a lot of young people around me who also didn't know a lot of things. I needed wise counsel. And so like, you know, the Proverbs say that um, foolish company like make fools or something, something like that. Yeah. And he was talking about how his experience as a new convert in Christianity, he didn't get the like wisdom or what that he needed because he was around a bunch of people his age or whatnot. And then I just thought, well, then you probably just went to the wrong organization. Yeah. You know, it's called youth with a mission. We're training right. youth to be missionaries. And our demographic isn't people who just become Christian. Right. It's like, hey, you you want to go be a missionary. Right. That's who we're targeting. Right. And now we obviously accept people who just become Christian. A lot mm-hmm. of people become Christian in their discipleship training school. But the demo- a lot of have gone, have gone to be missionaries. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but the primary God can use people, anybody, for sure. Exactly. And the primary people that we're seeking are not, oh, you just became a Christian, come do a DTS. It's like, oh, you want to go be a missionary, mm-hmm. come to YWAM Honolulu, or uh, not Honolulu, you could, but come to YWAM, you know? Yeah, Like, right. we'll train you how to be a missionary. The purpose is not, here's how to be a Christian. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, hmm. If we ever go over to the Middle East, we have to get rid of this episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've been having anxiety about it. It's fine. We talk about YWAM all the time. Um, I know. It's a problem. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, having this podcast in general is a problem if we want to go to Middle East, but... Well, it depends where, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, so the podcast is very interesting, and like you said, a lot of the points that they made, the students that they interviewed made, um, some of them were like, that might be a misinterpretation on your part. Others, Other parts of it were like, you just don't like charismatics. Mm-hmm. And not even charismatics, you just don't like hearing the voice of God in general. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, as other parts. Because every non-denom that I've ever been to, like, treats the voice yeah. of God like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And other parts were like, okay, that's that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely were a lot of parts where I was like, oh, like, that leader shouldn't have acted like that. Yeah, some of the things they said, I'm like, I would be upset too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, at no point in me being a student, if my leaders took away my phone and didn't let me talk to my family, would I be awesome? Like, be like, that's a good right. idea. You know what However, I, mean? I do think... Could be beneficial. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say beneficial. I would be upset, too. I wouldn't really, I'm not doing that. Yeah. But then I think... Especially well, in like another country. Yeah. But also, I'm like, well, that's why you don't go to the that base. Yeah. There's such a wide variety of bases you can go to. It's like... I'm sure you can find that information out before you arrive. Yeah. Let's give people a little context on that, because I think it's an important thing that um, we didn't talk about in, in our episode, or in, in their episode. Oh, also, for everybody to know, um, we haven't recorded this yet, but there's going to be a fifth episode in the series, um, and it's going to be me and the other two students and the two hosts together talking about oh, the, really? Yeah, the previous That's four episodes. Awesome. Um, we haven't recorded it yet, but one thing that I'd love to bring up is that the differences culturally between the bases that you could go to, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure where they went. Um, I couldn't. I don't remember yeah. like that exact base. They didn't they went tell. To. They didn't say. Did they not? Mm-mm. I can't. I keep thinking it might be Korea because I know. No, I don't think it is. Well, I just know other like Korean DTSs have taken away phones before. Yeah, um, definitely, probably in Asian context because they said they didn't speak the language. Yeah, that they went to, and the thing you have to understand about not just YWAM but going to any other culture that is Christian, there's no other culture that's more, cons- more like, liberal than, like, maybe Christian or European, uh, or, sorry, uh, un- uh, USA or European, um, like, for YWAM context, right? You're talking about for Christianity culture. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, Christian culture, YWAM culture, like, there isn't any more contexts that are more liberal, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to go to YWAM in the Middle East and be like, oh, it's going to be more free here, and I'm not going to have as many restrictions. You know what I mean? Every culture that isn't in the West is going to, and isn't, 
is is your is like European or um, from the United States is going to be a lot more liberal. When you get mm-hmm. to like Japan or Korea or a lot of the other um, maybe like more uh, impoverished yeah. Asian countries, like you're gonna have a lot more rules because of how much more, more conservative the Christian but, cultures are. Yeah, because also like the cultures around them, right? So mm-hmm. if like you're in a uh, uh, school in the Middle East, you're gonna be a lot more conservative because yeah. the Islamic culture is so conservative. Yeah. And if they see Christians being unconservative, it's, it's a bad look on Jesus. Yeah. And two things about that. One, it's not bad necessarily that it's that way. It's just a representation of the culture, right? Mm-hmm. That's there. Um, but one way that it is easily misconstrued, I think was misconstrued on the episode is that now that's just what YOM is. Right. And YOM has these structures that are bad uh-huh. where it needs to be understood that that's not like a YOM thing. That's like probably just the church in that country. You know what I mean? Right, right. And we can have conversations about is that healthy within like the context of the culture or not? And that's mm-hmm. a much deeper conversation you need to have with and, not me. Yeah, especially because it's, it's like, what does that mean healthy? Like we yeah. could look at our Western way and say, oh, you can't do that. But in their culture, like, well, this is how it's done. And this is right. and it's healthy for us. Right. And so when you have these huge cultural differences... We have such little authority to, to say what's healthy or not mm-hmm. because we haven't been there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that's one thing that is hard to understand within the first couple of episodes is that you're not understanding the culture that the person is coming from. And so, and it's no fault of the students. Like I would have the same um, probably reaction as they did if I went for my DTS when I'm barely a Christian to one of those bases, I'd be like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be normal. But you also kind of got to expect that you're going to a culture you don't understand to an organization you've never been a part of. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's all of these rules Yeah. that are a little bit weird to you. That's probably how it's going to be at any organization you go to overseas. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's, there's going to be a lot of different rules. 100%. It's going to be a normal thing. Um, but, you know, they said they liked it. Like, the two students, mostly. They said they wouldn't go back, but I'm pretty sure on the episode they both said, like, we would still, we wouldn't change the past. Like, it was still very formative to them and helped them, but they still think there was things wrong with it. And I think that's totally fair. You know what I mean? If I went there, I think I would probably say a very similar thing. Like, I wouldn't want to go back to that base because my culture is very different than yours is. But, yeah, it shaped me and formed me spiritually a lot. Yeah. Especially the guy in the episode, right? Mm -hmm. Because he was, he, he, like, went to that base of, like, I'm going to kill myself unless I, like, go to this base. And this right. is, like, my last chance. And that's chance. what he said, yeah. Yeah, like, this is my last chance to, like, figure out who God is. And then God showed himself to him there, and he became a Christian and started right. following the Lord. But his, like, gripe was with how they stewarded the Lord's discipleship yeah. within the base. Yeah, and their kind of. own leadership, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that can kind of transitions to the first point that um, I think they made that I want to acknowledge is they talked about how, like, they felt like they couldn't challenge authorities or they felt like if they pushed back the authority would say like, hey, you have to submit to us because X, Y, Z, mm-hmm. to do what I say. And the leadership kind of got really authoritative, it seemed like, or could mm-hmm. have been. And to that point, I just want to say like, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always unfortunate when you get leaders that are too like up on their high horse about being in charge, right? Yeah. Um, and they're like, I'm equal with the voice of God. It's like, well, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. But... It sounds to me like he just had leadership that was maybe immature mm-hmm. rather than all of YWAM has bad leadership. Yeah, which is which is a problem with YWAM and the one that we talk about in my episodes, and I think they touch on theirs too, is that YWAM has a tendency to sometimes exalt leaders before they're ready a lot of the time, yeah. and just in the name of like that God has given them leadership and they should do it, yeah. which is a genuine like concern and thing that YWAM should address more. Yeah, and, and with that, so essentially like when you do YWAM, you can do your discipleship training school, and then some bases you can turn around and be a discipleship training school staff. Yeah. And I have reservations about that because I'm like, this guy just got done doing six months of training does not mean that he's ready to right. lead people in serious discipleship. I remember after I was done with my DTS, I thought I was ready to be on staff, and I was not. And it, I was mm-hmm. about... Probably a year after I graduated, I finally joined staff, mm-hmm. you know, and even then I I think I, I would have liked to have a little bit more leadership training. Yeah. Um, but with that, a lot of bases do have a requirement to do a secondary school or go through some type of leadership training. Yeah, definitely. Which is really good. But a lot of bases don't have that too. It's not part of the, like, Criteria. Every, every base, yeah. Yeah. Are we recording, by the way? Yeah. A little green dot? Yep. Sweet. Um, yeah. 
that's that's definitely true. I think that mixed with it being a different culture um, can make it a little authoritative. Yeah, especially authoritarian. Yeah, yeah, can make it seem a lot more authoritarian at the beginning anyway. Um, and, and maybe it is. You know, genuinely, mm-hmm. it might be that way because of that. But we also don't know what base they went to. They, all the base staff could have been European. You yeah. know what I mean? But who knows? Because they did say it was a bilingual, a bilingual school. Mm-hmm. So it was in English and in some other language. Um, so probably not all the staff yeah. were European. Yeah, and as soon as I realized that it was more of a possibly a shame honor culture rather than the judicial culture that the West usually has, right. I was thinking, okay, if it's a shame honor culture, that makes sense why the authority was like that. Yeah. Because if you disrespect your authority, you're bringing shame on them. Right. And they hold that very high. Right. You know, so like... Think of like a Japanese context or something like that. Yeah. Which then I'm like, okay, I would think I probably just disagree culturally on how they're doing it, but within their culture, maybe what they're doing is totally fine. Yeah. And you just were a young American in a new culture, no right. brief due on cultural immersion. Right. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, continuing. It, it seemed to me like the two main things that um, cultish and cultish and the students, but mostly just, like, the guy the cultish mm-hmm. had concerns about. Because um, it was pretty apparent right away that YM's not a cult, right? Yeah. That's not really what we talked about. Um, the two main things they didn't like that we talked about mostly was, one, they didn't like that YM is decentralized. They thought it led to a lot of problems, um, which it can. Also and also a lot of goods, but... They, absolutely, yeah. I think more than, than the bads. But they didn't like it was decentralized, and they didn't like that hearing the voice of God can lead to a lot of possible abuse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's almost no argument you can make for the hearing the voice of God thing when it comes to YWAM because, cool, you cannot like that, but now you just don't like like all of the Western church almost. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know what percentage of the Western church is uh, non-DOM, but a lot of it. Yeah. Let's say it. If we're, di- if, we're ex- if we're excluding, um, like, Orthodox and Catholics from, like, the Christian population, which we have to. 65%? Um, yeah, and you're just talking, like, um, non-doms and then all the other denominations. I'd say non-doms are pretty prevalent. Yeah. Like, uh, I would say, pr- yeah, probably close to 65, like you were saying. I don't know what the actual stat is, but from my experience, like, all of the friends I knew and all the different Christians that I met all mostly went to non-doms. Right. I didn't really think anyone went to Baptist churches until I came to YWAM. Mm-hmm. Like, people say, like, oh, yeah, I'm from the Baptist church. And I think they still have people. <laughs> How? I'm like, aren't they boring and legalistic? I thought no one went there. Yeah. That's because I came from way over the charismatic side. Right, right. There's some good ca- There's some good Catholic churches. There's some good Baptist churches, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I have a lot of respect for Baptists now that I'm mm-hmm. a little bit more mature. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like those yeah. are the two main things they didn't like. Um, and I think we can get into the decentralized thing a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think there's any case really to be made for the hearing the voice of God. The main yeah. things they would talk about were like, if you're in a prayer group and like someone says they hear the voice of God for you and like, is it actually the voice of God? Like, how do you know it's the voice of God? Or if they're manipulating mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? They could use that to manipulate you. Or a leader could say, well, I don't think you heard from, I don't think you heard from God. You need to do what I heard from God for you. You have to do this. And they can manipulate right. it that way, right? Right. Definitely has happened before. Definitely could happen. Mm-hmm. But that could happen at any church anywhere. That's not like a YWAM problem. And we're not going to stop hearing the voice of God just because people can lie. Like right. people could, we're not going to stop reading the Bible because someone could misinterpret it and right. like make you do something bad. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a, it's a problem that's not just localized to YWAM. It's like this is happening everywhere, but what's the flip side? Yeah. Then you become like the Catholics and you have the Pope in charge and he's telling you from authoritatively what's right or wrong. Yeah. And that's probably, that's even more abusive, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, well, either everyone gets the right to hear God's voice and make decisions for themselves, or no one except a select few do. Right. Right? And so that's kind of, with the decentralized stuff, like, as we are talking about, I was thinking, you know, is there biblical examples we can go to? And tell me if I'm making a stretch here. You can totally chime in and let me know. But I don't, I don't think I am. That's what, but I, maybe I am. Um, when you look at the Bible and you see the Old Testament, right? Israel operates under two structures. At first, they were, and the judges, very decentralized. All the tribes operated as their own little Uh thing. And it said everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That led to a lot of problems. But they followed God really well, most of the time there, right? Everyone, all the tribes lived their life, didn't answer to any authority except for God and the the priest in each tribe. And that's how they lived their life. Yeah. And when you go to the kings. They were a theocracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when they went... God was their king. Yeah. yeah. And then when they became... Do you know Poland? 
side point in Poland. Is it theocracy? The their recognized king is God. That's so crazy. <laughs> Anyways, um, I found that out this last week. So in Judges, you see a theocracy. All the judges answer directly to the priests who talk to God, right? So the priests are responsible to talk to God and talk to the people. But pretty much every family and tribe could operate as they saw fit morally mm -hmm. under the, the law. And then you see, hey, we want a king. So they go from decentralized to centralized. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens when they're centralized is that very quickly, within two generations, there's a huge civil war and ten and a half of the tribes, or nine and a half maybe the tribes, I think ten, mm -hmm. Stop following Yahweh, right. and only like two and a half do, and then even that tribe that did follow Yahweh still only had a few kings who followed Yahweh. So mm -hmm. percentage-wise, the people of Israel followed God more when they were decentralized mm -hmm. than when they had a king. Yeah. Right. And Israel, the northern kingdom, had no good kings. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the Bible and say, well, what is the best authority? What is the best structure then? I would think the best structure is to be a little bit more decentralized, because then. There's no one at the very top, like mm -hmm. a pyramid, telling you what you can and cannot do. Because they might, if they're hearing wrong or they get absolute power right, absolute power corrupts absolutely, mm. you run into some problems. Yeah. And so I would think that, and I maybe it's my bias because we're part of YWAM, but just also looking at the scriptures, it seems like a decentralized system where everyone's responsible to answer to God directly leads to more people following God directly. Yeah. I think it's so hard to, to just compare and say centralized bad decentralized good or vice versa you know what i mean and it depends right yeah because i think there's different contexts where different kinds of organizations need to do each of those things for like the the rules and laws that are governing over those um over those certain organizations you know mm -hmm. what i mean but ywam literally couldn't do what god has told ywam to do or what we think what god has told ywam to do right. unless we were decentralized right so it's not like a it's not like a you should become centralized kind of thing. It's like we would not be an organization anymore if we became centralized. Right, because, I mean, there's 30,000 global YWAMers. Yeah. And there's, like, thousands of bases. Yeah. And have us all centralized and answer under the same authority comp we wouldn't exist. structure. Yeah, it's like, can't happen. Yeah. And even the way that YWAM is, as, a, like a D, as its DNA, like, evolves and moves is because it's decentralized. We're so good at discipling the nations, in my opinion, because we let people be free to just go and start new island bases where they want to and go and start new ministries where they want to um, in the cultural context of the people they're going to instead of having to follow like a certain set of rules we make them go out and follow. You know uh -huh. what I mean? They have to obviously adhere to the uh, the YM foundational values, but that doesn't mean we're centralized, right? Yeah. They just follow the values. If they don't follow the values, well, now you're not YM anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? You're something else yeah. by definition. And so they follow the values, they go out and they... Um, contextualize themselves to the cultures that they're in and they create leaders out of the people that are there then those leaders run the bases and then they can go on and do something else and now a nation is being reached for god and that's something that they couldn't do if they were centralized yeah and if they were centralized we run the risk of just spreading whatever culture the authority's coming from is yeah. You know, so in our case, Lauren Cunningham started YWAM. If we were centralized, the great we, white savior, right? We just yeah. run the we run the risk of just bringing American Christianity right to places like this. This and it's not going to work, right? And there's places where this has happened. Not I don't think through YWAM. I think this is other other mission organization. But way back when they were trying to reach the like this white evangelical Christians were trying to reach this tribe in Africa, and mm -hmm. so. This one tribe became Christian. They saw how the Westerners played music, so they're like, oh, we want to do worship that way. And when the missionaries came back to check on them and see how they are doing, they had worship through, like, a little bit of, like, this janky piano they had, I think, and this guitar that was out of tune. They were trying to strum it, and they're basically like, hey, why are you playing piano and, and guitar for worship? Like, like, what, why did you guys start doing that? That's not mm -hmm. what you... They never had a piano teacher or a guitar yeah. teacher, so it was really bad music. And they're like, well... And they answered, like, well, we saw the, the missionaries doing this, so we want to do it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like, that's not, don't do it like that. Like, yeah. And they said, what they told the tribe instead was, hey, before we arrived, you worshipped your God with drums and dances. Mm -hmm. So do that to Yahweh, but just right. make up new drum songs and dances because you already have this beautiful part of your culture. Don't try to get guitar and piano because you want to be like us. You know, right. God has unique things in your culture that he mm -hmm. can use, so use that. Yeah, you know, once they were able to do that, kind of frees them up, and now they had a lot more joy in yeah. their worship. And it's to be attractive to the rest of the tribe or the rest of the village or city or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. culturally contextualized to the people they're trying to reach. Exactly. Yeah, it's not gonna be some like foreign thing. Like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> What's that guitar? Well, you have Ew. a piece of wood with some strings on it, dude. Where's the big drum? That's <laughs> what it's about. Is there? A, can I hit that with a stick? <laughs> you can actually. 
Take guitars with sticks. Yeah. People do it. Might break. Yeah, it might break, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very um, interesting. But yeah, do you have more we want to talk about? Because I have a few more things yeah, to go talk for about. Um, terrible time to take a drink. Mm. Drink. Uh, one thing that I just want to briefly cover is they said they were they felt like they were being treated differently by others um, for their end times belief. The guy said that he's like, look, I had oh yeah, that makes so much sense to me though. And he's like, and he's like, I just felt like the rest of the base kind of like or the staff kind of made me feel like I was othered because I didn't agree with them. Yeah, and I think I'm sorry that's unfortunate that happened, but it's also not a universal why when reflection. Right. You know, like right. there's people on our property right now. That we all disagree. Like, me and Derry disagree on what hell looks like. Mm-hmm. Me and, and and a couple of us on base disagree on what we think then times look like. Some yeah. people are more preterist. Some people are super futurist. And, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone's kind of like, yeah, but what unifies us is the gospel and knowing that these are not salvation points. We right. have Jesus Christ and the only way we come to relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what unifies us. And we actually do a really good job of it. No one has any beef or animosity towards mm-hmm. anyone. Because there are different beliefs. I think that's the majority of bases. Yeah. Like, at least the ones I've been to. Like, I've never been in a base and someone's been like, ew, you're a preterist. <laughs> Get out of here. You you're know just what like, I mean? Yeah. If people are soul futurists, I'd be just like, just do a BCC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, but, I mean, the thing about I will give to futurists, though, is that I think it's always better to lend yourself to careful rather than careless. Mm-hmm. And I think futurists are a really good job being careful. What? Because, like, think of the mark, of the mark of the Beast, right? If the Mark of the Beast is a future thing we have to worry about, futurists have us all beat. If it's not a thing we have to worry about, we're all screwed. Mm. But I could think I could have... And I don't have to worry about it because only non-Christians have it. Exactly. So. I was going to say, I could do another little, <laughs> little mosquito. Yeah, so but, I don't... Um, I mean... Sorry, you're going to say... Yeah, no, I was just going to wrap that up and say, like, this just didn't seem like a... Universal YWAM thing, it seemed like no. a base thing. All of, almost every single concern they had, was, if not a hypothetical, was a localized, like, concern. And one thing that I thought was kind of a bummer is that um, they had two students that went to the same base. Yeah. And it would have been cool, yeah. like, if there was bad experiences from other, like, cultural contextualized bases. Because there are other bases that do a terrible job, too. You know what I mean? And it's not just, like, yeah. the one that they went to. And not that the one they went to did a terrible job. It was probably mostly cultural problems, but there there was some concerning things. Right. Um, but like, I don't think the base is to be shut down. You know, right. the staff probably just need to get talked to a little bit. Um, but it would have been nice if there was like a European country or like mm-hmm. like I don't know some some one in the states or something. You know what I mean? Right. That they could have talked to it to give a little bit different of a cultural context. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they that base was a little more authoritarian, where you could go to like. YWAM in the state somewhere and maybe you could have gotten an example of like um, some of the leaders being promoted too fast and some abuse going on that way or you could go for just more like interpersonal uh-huh. like, problems rather than uh, like an authoritarian problem and just shed a little bit more light on sort of the uh, more holistic view of what YWAM struggles with because YWAM struggles is like any other organization you know what I mean right, right. and there could have been other things we, we could have uh, touched on in my interview with them, I think I tried to touch on those things as much as I could and give more of a global aspect of what YM was, but we just didn't have a lot of time to right. go over. Right, like an anyway. hour, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so two things I do want to touch on. That I think are good things that can kind of. One is more discussion about ministries and how far, like, at what point is it too damaging? To, for, is, does it bad outweigh the good? Because that's something they talked about when they rep- they talked about the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Mm. But before, and I think that's a good conversation for culture. But before that, um, one of the things they talked about and they try to ask about, like, hey, is this like showing mm. YWAM's a cult? Is they brought up our eighteen core values, mm-hmm. right? And they said, hey, if these eighteen core values came to Lauren solely by visions from God mm-hmm. and became the thing, then it could be a cult, and mm-hmm. it could be like you are blindly following these core values that this guy made up, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe unknowingly following a cult. Mm-hmm. So I think we should we should talk about that a bit and talk about how the core values came about. Yeah. Kind of to dispel any concerns because the students didn't actually have the accurate answers. Yeah. They didn't know. They're yeah. like, oh, that's a good point. We don't know. We I don't guess know. yeah. If it, yeah. if Lauren did alone come with that, that would be a cult. But the thing is like. It's very easy information to find out. Mm-hmm. There's actually a book written about it now that came out last year called Values Matter by Joy Dawson. Yep. Is it Joy Dawson? Mm-hmm. Or Darlene Cunningham? I don't know. One of those two. Darlene Cunningham or Joy Dawson. I think it's Darlene Cunningham. Um, it about, is actually, yeah. Okay, so Darlene. Darlene Cunningham. Don't I have her right here? 
Nope. No, we don't. We used to. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, right there. Values no, matter. matter. Darling Cunningham. Oh, perfect. Boom. So, values matter. Darling we have a lot Cunningham. of books because they're really smart for people yeah. watching the video. I'll just read the back. As a joke. Um, Youth with a Mission is a Christian missions movement like no other. Since 1960, has launched wave after wave of young missionaries, now into the millions, who have impacted every nation on earth by simply listening to and obeying the voice of God. In Values Matter, YWAM co-founder Darlene Cunningham shares inspiring stories of how God shaped YWAM into what is today a large and effective wave maker for missions. Through the spiritual DNA carried within its core beliefs and 18 foundational values, Darlene has lived, taught, and led discoveries into these essential beliefs and values for decades on six continents. Her passion is to impart them into future generations of YWAM missionaries. This extraordinary book does just that. So, as you read this book, you discover that the 18 core values came about... Everybody back, come on. Okay, thanks. The 18 core values came about through years of the ministry already running, mm -hmm. right? And then thinking, okay, we gotta, like, get this value. Like, okay, like, God took us through this whole season this last year. What can we look back on and see? Yeah. Or through prayer meetings with, uh, with multiple people, yeah. right? And a lot of moving parts with different people all over the world or through prayer meetings and mm -hmm. seeking God and just also maybe bad experiences, right? So maybe they messed up in one way and they're like, oh, we took this initiative. We thought we were, were on the right track. We were wrong. Now we didn't really listen to God in that aspect. So now our, our core value is going to be hear the voice of God, mm -hmm. right? And so there's so many ways these core values came about and it was not solely by Lauren alone. Mm. You know, it was, I want to say it's not even Lauren majority. It yeah. was by YWAM yeah. leadership saying, "Hey, we gotta get together and pray and seek right. God on this issue, and let's hear what He has to say on it." Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the values are great, and yeah, it was, it was good that they had, I think, somebody else on to sort of try to answer those questions a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't ask me that question, but. It was pretty clear, like, when you're a student in a DTS, you don't mm -hmm. learn a lot about the organization because you're in a school. Just like if you go to college, like, you're not going to learn a ton about how the back end of the college works. Right. You know what I mean? It's the same thing if you're a student. So there there were some questions that they would ask the students where I was like, there's no way you're going to know that answer. You know, yeah. Unless you Googled it. Yeah. And so maybe on your next episode with them when you're all talking, you can bring about this point. But yeah. yeah, so like, I don't know. I'm trying to find all the values. They're really good values. It's like, know God, hear God's voice. Practice worship and prayer, mm -hmm. intercessory prayer. Have a Christian worldview. Yeah. That's not culty. You know? Be visionary, champion young people, make God known, do first, then teach, exhibit servant leadership. Mm -hmm. Should I keep going? Or we made All biblical point? principles. Crazy. All biblical principles. Yeah. And the thing that was funny to me, um, when they did mention the part about, um, and they had Bible verses attached to all of them, but who knows where they got those Bible verses from? And I was like... Wait, the you Bible. could have read the Bible verses and <laughs> seen if, like, seen if they were exegetically like done well. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, like, and it's and, not that hard. Yeah, and to, about those Bible verses, like each value has at least ten Bible verses yeah. behind it. Yeah, it's like not annoying to read because every staff conference our base goes through the values and we yeah. look at them. It's like not annoying to go through, but sometimes it's like, hey, read all of it. I'm like, I'm not reading all these verse references. Right. This is like 25 verse yeah, references. After the first three, like I get it. Yeah, it's like the okay, Bible talks about this. Now we could go through and study all of these up. It's like we'd be here for an hour for just one thing. Yeah. So a lot of Bible, a lot of prayer, a mm -hmm. lot of uh, moving parts behind all the values that yeah. we've come up to with. The, to, to the student's point, like it wasn't a big like part of the episode yeah. anyway. So I didn't expect them to have read that and stuff. But right. like just for context, like when they're talking about um, the values or they're talking about intercession, it's like if you had just read our points of intercession or if you had just read the values, like you'd see this isn't a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just read it and read the Bible verses behind it and then let me know if you disagree because right. I'm pretty sure you won't and if you do, I'm, I'm sorry, we're just for different denominations. Yeah. And something that was interesting is their points about intercessory prayer. It's like, Basically, interse intercession is like standing in the gap, right? So there's person here and person here, or like God and person. You're praying and here to God mm -hmm. for the person. Jesus does this for all, all of time. Us. You yeah. know, the Bible talks about how Jesus makes intercession for us. Yep, and he asks disciples to intercede with him. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very biblical principle. It just means like if you have ever prayed for anyone, want to be know, like Jesus, <laughs> intercede. Want to be like Jesus? Do the things Jesus did crazy crazy <laughs> wow it's almost like he gave us the blueprint yeah um but yeah so if you've ever prayed for anyone to come to faith 
you've interceded. Yeah. Crazy. That's it. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, so one thing I thought was interesting, though, that I do think is something we could talk about is the post-YWAM, like, Oh, I talked, about it a lot. I talked about it a lot. You did? In, in, in our interview. Yeah. Awesome. The second part, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of ex- people who leave DTS and go home and just have this, like, really hard time adjusting to normal yeah. life. Yeah. You know? And so that's fair. Like, I experienced that. Everyone I know experienced it. But I don't think it's, like... Because one thing they said was, like, oh, do you think that, like, because if it was a spiritual high, you shouldn't have any negative effects from it and mm-hmm. it, you should come back so refreshed and ready to go... And, like, the fact that you come back and maybe feel a little bit sad or depressed, maybe it wasn't as good of a God encounter than, mm-hmm. that you thought. And I was like, I just I just think that you're kind of ta- trying to invalidate, or it sounds like you're invalidating all God did in that person's li- yeah. life. It's like, yeah, this guy came, and it's like, this guy came to DTS, his admission, ready to kill himself. Right. He left DTS, reading the Bible every day, doing Bible studies with friends over yeah. the phone, and, like, I'm like, okay... That's win? a huge win. Yeah. Giant now, win. Just because he's emotionally sad that the culture he came back to is different than the culture he just yeah, in for six sucky? months. This is nothing about why. Yeah, I'm like, this is everything about his culture, right? Yeah. And that's the case for everyone. When you go from, like, I don't know, drinking, smoking, and partying, and then you get saved and do DTS and come back, and now all you want to do is share the gospel and read the Bible, of course your friends before aren't going to want to do that. Mm-hmm. And of course there's going to be loneliness. And of course churches you go to aren't going to be able to relate to what you just had because they didn't have that, you know? Yeah. And I think what it is is, like, it's not so much a reflection on YWAM. It's just, like, man, you had such an intimate moment with these la- with these people for the last couple months, mm-hmm. and it just got, in one day, you know, you left it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a hard transition. Yeah. Absolutely. Validate the hardship, uh, for sure. But I don't think it's a reflection on YWAM. I think it's a reflection on kind of how great YWAM is. Like, right. the fact that it's so hard to leave. Mm-hmm. And how hard normal life is, yeah. too. It's also a reflection on that. Like, Absolutely. YWAM is such a, a good, um, like, kind of culture when Christians come together and live together, but it's not not how we're supposed to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, uh, or at least not supposed to live for all of our we're lives. We're not supposed to be, like, a village, right? Right. You can have Christian roommates. Totally right. fine. So it's awesome to, like, have that kind of a culture. And you want to try to create the, like, the structure of that culture outside of YWAM in that you're constantly talking about and reading and praying mm-hmm. um, through scripture um, with other people, you know what I mean? And constantly sharpening each other and going out and doing evangelism and sharing with other people. You want to bring that backbone, those yeah. like that structure outside to the place that you live so that you can recreate that somewhere else. Not that you want to be isolated. So you're just spending time with the Lord all the time, like somewhere else. Right. You want to be going out and sharing with other people, but you're trying to recreate that kind of community, which is good. And we yeah. should want to do that. And some of I felt like the guy was getting at was that he's like, I feel, I felt like, you know, Christians aren't supposed to be huddled together doing all this stuff. And, like, we're supposed to be out there in the world, supposed to engage in the world. We all lived in the same house on the same property. And I, and and he's, like, talking about how the staff would say, this is, like, reality. People say it's not reality, but it is because we're doing it. I would think... <laughs> it is because we're doing it. That's what it is. I'm like, okay, You fair, can tell it's an ass because the way it is. <laughs> it's an aspen tree because the way it is. <laughs> so good. So good. But I will say, why we have life is not real life. Real life, yeah. It's not. Like, I have Some no Some people problem. can make it real life with their staff. Um, yeah. But yeah, like DTS is not real life. And, and it's not supposed to be real life. Like you're mm-hmm. in a training program. Yeah. We are training you for a specific purpose. Yeah. Of course it's not going to be real Just life. Just as college is not real life. Yeah. YWAM is also not real life. Yeah. The we thing shouldn't of, get rid of college. Yeah, people don't realize YWAM is like, we're a college. Yeah, we're an accredited we're, university. Well, we're not accredited. We are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. Not in America. Our, some of our, our DTS is an accredited course. In like four colleges in America. I just talked to Spencer about this okay. today. <laughs> college I could go to accredited. Yeah. yeah. Five colleges. <laughs> like, yeah. What's really cool about YWAM is if, if you do one of our Bible schools and then you staff it for two years, you can get automatically transferred to a master's program in uh, somewhere in some seminary in like North Carolina. Oh, really? If you do SBS and staff for two years, they Whoa. just put you in their master's program. Oh, just if, that's specifically the SBS? Yeah. Okay. Because it's like so they give you, Do they give you a bachelor's degree like out the gate? I think so. You just, you get automatically rolled in the Dude, I'm doing an SBS. It's like nine thousand dollars. You could do it. That's way less than. And a then staff for degree. staff for two years. So staff two schools. I've been a staff for three years. But you have to staff SBS for two years. We have to staff SBS. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And it's only in Montana. Oh. Okay. So I live in the middle of nowhere. Oh. In a mountain town. Oh. <laughs> you didn't tell me I was happy beforehand. He's like, I want to do SBS and go to be good. That sounds like a great deal. I thought about it and I was like, two years, bro. Yeah. I'm doing charts? 
I, I did three months, bro. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I know the Bible. Although bro. Laura does want to do SBS when when we leave Honolulu. Mm. She's like, can we do? I was like, ah, it'll be fun. Yeah. No. I think though, because I did, we did BCC. We don't have to do the books that we already did. Oh really? Yeah. That'd be cool. Laura's like, I would still do them because I want to visit. I'm like, have fun. It's nice for you. <laughs> I'm gonna have a couple weeks off. <laughs> Listen, I've read the Bible once, never went back to it. I was like, this is a good read, but it's, that's it. <laughs> Wait, you guys read this again? You already I know read the it story. once and I got it. It's pretty straightforward, honestly. I got it all. It was fine. I've been living by it. That's perfect. <laughs> nah. If you had a photographic memory, that would work. That'd be crazy. Yeah. I what got friends. What's that? I got friends who have photographic memories. I just only know references to verses. People are like, how do you know so much Bible? I don't. I just Google things. I'm like, I know one word of a verse, and I'll yeah. say, like, I'll be like, like three words and a blah 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 verse and yeah. then I press search and it gives it to me I'm like I was watching a TikTok on how to become it was so random I watched really random TikToks but it was on how to become uh, like really good in the um, like tech world and how to get jobs in the tech world <clears throat> and the guy was like the thing you don't understand about like tech people is that they don't know more than you he's like the only thing that separates you from a tech person is they know how to Google better than you do yeah. like they just know how to and what to Google They're like they know how to Google the text and of the code they need and they just copy and paste Yep. It's like, they just know how to do it better than you. One of our friends, who I won't say their name because I don't want to expose them for their business stuff, uh, has a job where she's self-employed, mm-hmm. and uh, she's like, oh yeah, clients ask me to do things all the time, and I don't know what I'm doing, I just tell them I'll do it for them, <laughs> and then I Google it. Yeah. She's like, just this morning, a client said, can I do this? And I said, absolutely, and then I Googled, how do I do this? <laughs> and then I figured it out, and I was like, that's, that's so annoying that you can do that. Yeah. I would be mad. like, let me get back to you in a week, I'm going to learn that skill. Yeah. But then she's like, no. It feels dangerous to just say yes, but but she's the kind of person that can get it done anyway. Yeah. very. You have to be very disciplined and and just be like, all right, we're going to do it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about about the coldest interview? Um, I think... Not really, no. I think overall, it was good. I The thing about it is, though, I think the people that want to not like YWAM are still going to not like YWAM. And yeah. the people that are going to like YWAM are still going to like YWAM. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't think this is going to do a lot for the culture. I think it satisfies a lot of, like, questions of maybe mm-hmm. people who didn't know about YWAM or people who just wanted an episode to hear about it. I think it satisfies those people a lot. I think there's some people who, like, will like to get mad and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get mad about this because I like to get mad, you know? And mm-hmm. that's going to be the person anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the people who, like, I, I can't imagine any... Like, normal evangelical or non-denom person that already believes in hearing the voice of God that listened to those first two episodes and thought, well, I'm a cult now. You know right. what I mean? Like, unless you just weren't listening super well or something, like, I, I didn't hear anything in those first two episodes that I was like, uh, like, I wouldn't go there because of that. Like, right. I wouldn't go to that base, but, like, I would look into other parts of Bioam. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And, like, I think if you hear anything about one person that's not very happy in leadership... Like this, the staff, right? If you hear mm-hmm. like one staff member was a little bit authoritarian, that shouldn't be enough for anyone to not go to any organization. Yeah. Now, if the higher up was like, like we like we talked about earlier, they talked about the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, what's his name? Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. was the lead pastor of the church, and he had serious character flaws. Right. Right. So I can I can understand not wanting to be part of something because the head authority has mm-hmm. character flaws, but. Like, a, basically an intern, essentially. Right. Or, like, a, a very new staff has some character flaws. I'm like, yeah, of course they do. They're young. Right. They're learning. They're growing. Yeah. That's like, the point of where they are right now. Yeah. So they make mistakes. Yeah. Empathy's powerful. Yep. So, overall, I thought it was enjoyable. I liked the mm-hmm. episodes they did. Um, I liked the students they interviewed. I'm excited for the fifth episode. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the two episodes that I was on. Um, I think that they're entertaining. I haven't listened to them yet, but I was... I did them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've had so much anxiety since I did them where I was like, man, I hope I said good stuff on there. Spencer's going to walk up to you like, hey, we got to talk. I'm, I'm so nervous about that, honestly, about Spencer listening to that. I don't know if he'd listen. Just oh, because he's kidding? so busy. No, of course he's going to. Uh, he'll listen, but. Yeah. I feel like because like, staff conference coming around the corner, the end of the quarter stuff right now. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like if other YWAMers message me. You could put it on like a Facebook YWAM group. Like, there's YWAM alumni groups you can join, like thousands of people. Yeah, like, hey, I'm sure they already know about it. I defended this. Hopefully, go check out my other podcast. Yeah, <laughs> things yeah, in church. Other podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right. Overall, good experience. 
Yeah. The end. You know, I really like interviewing people, but I really like these episodes too. I know, it's better. It feels like... Both a, are good. Yeah. I like both. Mm. It could be like, because I get to talk. This feels people. like podcasting much more than interviewing. It feels like that. Yeah. 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 True. We haven't done one of these in a while too, so... Hopefully you guys freaking liked it. You better freaking like it. Yeah. What the heck? If you don't like it, don't come back. Whenever. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> yeah. We don't care anyways. Please come back. Please come back. <laughs> Whenever I say, what the heck? I feel like Billy. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> was it you that walked by today when Billy was benching? No. Oh, Billy was benching. And he was benching, this is so random, he's benching two plates, more than two plates, of two plates and uh, uh, tens on either side, right? And he <laughs> he was doing like the knees up like ones, so yeah. he wasn't using his feet at all. Yeah. Um, and he was on the phone. So like, <laughs> not not <laughs> breathing insane. hard, just repping out two plates, like talking on the phone. He's crazy. <laughs> and Chance walked by thing, and he was like, do you see what Billy's doing right now? <laughs> And I was doing dips, and he was like, he's on the phone and repping two plates. Plus. Two, yeah. Like, that's like two, four, what, 235? That's a lot, yeah. And I was like, wow, oh my that's fucking crazy. And like, having a consistent conversation, not yeah. breathing hard. Yeah. One time hard. he was working out, and I was like, I walked past him going to a meeting that he was supposed to be at. <laughs> and I was like, I'm running the meeting, he has to be there. And, because, uh, well, he's like the director, that's so, so he's kind of there for like moral support. Yeah. But I was like... I walked past him, and he's, like, finishing his push-ups. He's like, I'll be there at five! <laughs> and he just walks in, like, so sweaty. Just drenched. That's right in front of the AC. That's so funny. Like, that's awesome. Nice job, Billy. Yeah. Mm. One day we'll be that strong. Mm. Crazy. Am I, are we as tall, am I as tall as Billy? Probably. I feel like you just thicken out as you get older. Yeah, you don't get taller. You just fill out. I don't really know if I want to get that thick. I want to get... Big old pecs. Yeah, he's got that for sure. My dad's got huge pecs. He used to work out all the time. And like, so my whole example is just like, I want to have massive pecs for yeah. working out. I mean, I'm sure you will as you get older. My dad used to do like 20 push-ups in between every single set of everything he did. Oh, that sounds not like a good idea. He got really strong. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all freaking righty. And he listens to this weekly. What's up, dad? Hi, Trying dad. to be like you. <laughs> Send me some vitamins. He would, actually. I need vitamins. I'll be home in two weeks. And I want lots of vitamins. Send dairy vitamins. Please, I need vitamins. I have vitamin D, and I have... He actually... And I have vitamin C, and I have a multivitamin. I need other stuff. Please buy me collagen. (laughs) (laughs) But that'll be like... He might say you need collagen, but he'll also probably find something better for you than collagen. Nice. He's like the healthiest guy. Hook me up, Dad. I need it. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. YWAM's not a cult. Mm. Come back for more stuff. Opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like factually. We, yeah, pretty factually it's not a cult. Yeah. yeah. At least, yeah. And what are the, the fact that we're decentralized, I'm like, we're not a cult. That's like all you need. Yeah. Now, some bases can get culty and they get shut down. Right. But we're not. Yeah. You know, overall, not a cult. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Like Derry said, if you don't like it, don't come back. Mm. Just kidding. Come back anyways. Maybe you'll change your mind. Because we're so awesome. Mm-hmm. If you did like it, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Share it with your friends, family, everyone who doesn't know about YWAM wants to know more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, keep coming back. We love doing this show. We love engaging with you guys on the mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We got a Patreon if you want to support us. Yep. 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 It's all on our link in our bio. Actually, I got to fix the Spotify link still. Yeah. And if you're still here after this, we are now going to say our pledge, our cult pledge. Um, why I'm Honolulu, Honolulu is a Christian, Christian community, community that mobilizes missionaries, missionaries to transform Oahu and the unreached world with the gospel of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. We're not a cult. Hope you guys have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys.